0: Hello and welcome to the IBMS Biopods. I'm Rob and this is Becca. These biopods will give you an insight into congress with exclusive interviews, behind-the-scenes chit-chat and maybe even a drop of science.
1: So put down your pets, move away from the microscope
2: and get ready for
0: a Biopod Deep Dive. Uh, hi everyone
1: and welcome to the next installment of the IBMS Biopods. Uh, slightly different as we're not all together as this is taking part during lockdown. So uh, Rob and I are are via a a Zoom chat here today with Sarah May who is of course the Deputy Chief Executive of the IBMS and we are going to chat to her about multi-generational workforce. Um, So I will hand over to Rob to um, start the chat with Sarah. Thanks for joining us by the way Sarah, thank you.
2: Thank you. So
0: Sarah, I, I first saw this, ch- this uh, presentation at IBMS Congress last year, but h- how did the work originate? How did it come about?
2: It came about because um, I heard somebody else from a, overseas talking about it from their perspective. And it set me thinking because in the laboratory, we work in a very crowded environment We have a lot of people coming through training. We have a huge age range as well as experiential um, workforce. And it's become very obvious to us that younger people coming through like to work and learn very differently from some of their seniors and managers. And so doing a bit of research and thinking around, it became very plain that if we're to work happily and productively together we need to accept that we have um not just a socially diverse workforce or an ethnically diverse workforce but we also have a generationally diverse workforce when we can get the whole lot to understand that and get the whole lot to work together everything works very much better
0: and is it kind of a is it a segregation by generation? So we've got the the baby boomer boomers, Generation X, millennials. Is it kind of broken up strictly like that in into kind of different sections, yeah. or is there a bit more fluidity?
2: No, it, there are, there are, If you go on the internet, you'll see multiple breakdowns of generations, and there's a little bit of overlap, but essentially they break down into very clear groups. And the reason why we're encountering this now is that the rate of change in the from across the mid 20th century now into the 21st has accelerated. And if you think historically, we were fairly slow at changing, we were measured by the reign of a monarch, the Victorians, the Tudors, and the influence, the external influences. That made people different didn't happen at the same speed. What we've seen since the Second World War is the rate of change within society, within technology, is massive. And it's this massive, rapid change, pace of change that's actually defining quite clearly different generations. So we enter, we start off, if you you break it down, in, in the average workplace, and the laboratory's average in that respect, we've got four generations. We've got the baby boomers, which were born between 1946 and 1964. We've got generation X, which was 65 to 79, and these are approximate times. Then we've got generation Y, or the millennials, who were born 1980 to approximately 1996 and then um, Generation Z, who are 96 to about 2012. are already now, producing another generation.
1: Um, Sarah, do you... Sorry, Rob. Do you, do, with you talking about the generations that are born with, surrounded by tech already, mm. and it's almost first-hand to them, not even second-hand to them, mm. do you think that because they've, they're so good with technology, they're so dependent on technology, that the older generations who aren't, all it does is broaden the gaps between between those generations, if that makes sense, because I guess they feel like they've, they've not got really anything in common because this new generation are so dependent on tech and obviously the older generations are If that Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, we, we are now um, dealing with different languages and, if you look at the older generation, um, they're using language or they're hearing language they're not necessarily familiar with. Um, they come across or can come across as very clunky and a, and a bit laughable. And one of the sort of disparaging um, comments, you hear the millennials being called snowflakes by the older generation, but they're seen as effete and somewhat delicate. The flip side is, um, the younger people refer disparagingly to the older generation of okay boomer in other words um, dismissing a generation who is seen as somewhat out of touch and somewhat inept at dealing with the modern technology so yes because of technology we're seeing um, a really sharply defined generational divide
0: yeah okay Sorry if anyone got any background noise there, my, my mobile phone was going, and I couldn't find it, and it was on Vibrate under a pile of papers, so
2: apologies <laughs>
0: no. if I put anyone off. Um, is, is, there, is there any way of bridging this gap, Sarah?
2: I think it's my understanding and recognising, and every generation has its strengths, and it's been, I think, far too easy to look at differences, rather than um, maybe dismiss them or challenge them, rather than work with them to best effect and it, it's very easy to generalize but if you if you want to look at something the older generation are very um their parents would have gone through the great war and that would have influenced the baby boomers they are used to following orders i won't say totally unquestioningly but if you think about the after effects of um, wars and national service You end up with a generation that's very comfortable with a hierarchy. They are used to working within a hierarchy and essentially following orders. They're very loyal. They are are the last of the job for life people. They expect to have a relationship with their employer um, and they are very, very hardworking. If you look at Generation X, uh, yes, Generation X, Um, They are different. They um, are starting to see the effects of being born in the 60s, um, sexual liberation, dual income families, and they're more self-sufficient because during the 70s we had a recession. They're used to probably the hardship and the the stresses and unemployment that went along with that. So these are the people who are now middle and senior managers and they don't have that salinity. They don't have a job for life, life, work ethic. Um, they are the three-year managers who come in, change, move on. If you want loyalty, you get yourself a dog. Um, and then if you move on to the millennials, um, they are very, very different. This is where we're really starting to see the impact of technology on people growing up and developing. These are the first generations that will have grown up with mobile phones, you know, to the end at the end of their arm. Um, They're a much more idealistic um, generation. They like working in teams. They're different from Generation X in that respect. Generation X is more self-sufficient. And the Millennials, they get called lazy and snowflake. But if you use them to their potential, they are very, very hardworking and innovative, but you have to find out which of the right buttons to press to get them interested. If they're bored, you'll get, and if they don't respect you, you get nothing out of them. And then moving on to Generation Z, who are the ones just coming into our workplace now. These are the ones who've graduated. These are our trainees doing going through registration. These are the people who wouldn't necessarily have recognized at the time, they'd only been children when there was the economic crash in 2008, but the massive social change that brought about with the recession, and it's literally only now that we've started to heave ourselves out of it. This is a generation that is very debt-averse. They're not necessarily looking to go to university and take on massive debt. They're interested in apprenticeships. They are very comfortable being responsible um, and working for themselves they don't need to work in a team um, they've got the lowest rates of teenage pregnancy um, drinking and smoking so they are um a much more aware of themselves and socially aware group so they're, they're very different specific characteristics
1: so do you think that, that it comes from i mean i know this having two kind of one's a teenager one's nearly a teenager children and, and it's the it's kind of that individualism where they feel the need to be different or, because, again, because, you know, they've got social media accounts, you know, they although, they, they although they've got groups of mates who are all into similar things, there's this need to be seen as not a maverick, that might be a bit over the top, but some, somewhere, it, it, just something a bit different to the norm. Do you, do you think that impacts that, that generation where they're kind of like you know I, yeah I, I don't necessarily want to be a maverick but I just want to be seen as being a little bit edgy a bit different
2: I think that definitely comes into it because everybody is on their social media accounts whereas they all want to fit their people like to fit in they also want to be seen as unique and individual yeah um, but they are also very self-sufficient um, it, it, it's very paradoxical um, on social media you're constantly looking for likes and peer approval but at the same time they're very happy to work alone there is that element of self-sufficiency so it's it's a peculiar mix and social media the, the internet generation um, it's, it's interesting the impact this has on developing brains
0: and uh, you, you mentioned Sarah that the the generation that are coming through at the moment have been kind of quite affected by the financial crash mm. since then we've had brexit and now we've got uh, the coronavirus pandemic is it that generation who's going to be affected by that and have their worldview and their working life shaped by it or is it people who are still at school at the moment who are going to see the effects of those two quite major events it, it'll be
2: both because um, we're all Everyone um, is affected by the pandemic and it will change how we think going forward. It's exactly the same as the 9 11 and the 7 7 events, which um, have affected how people um, think, how they travel, um, it, it reinforces prejudices, um, all of that. But it in particular affects the developing generation because they inherit what is left behind afterwards so the effect of the pandemic whereas we will struggle and decide how we manage social distancing for the group who are developing that the children now when they reach adulthood they would have been shaped differently they will have been brought up to what will be normal post coronavirus So the biggest chair, the next generation, the ones who are still at school now, when they come into the workplace, the effects of Brexit and the pandemic will have shaped them, and that's what they'll bring through into their adulthood. And
0: and do you think the different generations that are in the workplace at present, can, can you see certain generations struggling to deal with new ways of working after the pandemic? Or do you think everyone, you know, are Generation X more adaptable than baby boomers, for example? Or do you think it's such a situation that these rules are forced upon everyone, so everyone has to take them and there's no kind of choice?
2: I think something as big as the pandemic will see less intergenerational um, differences, Um, I'm probably thinking from a laboratory perspective because everyone in the laboratory um, understands health and safety. So irrespective of what generation you are, you know when PPE is going to be useful, when it's not, and you understand transmission. So the thinking of our workforce is probably going to be slightly different and better informed than that of the general public. So I think in that respect, how people react um, will be driven more by professional knowledge than by um, generational differences.
0: Hmm. And um, at at the moment, broadly speaking, when you were talking through the generations and the different roles in the workforce they occupy, the the, the general split I'm assuming is baby boomers are in the most senior management positions, then generation X, and if, if we roughly look at the older people being in the more senior positions hmm. um because it, ha- have we got hierarchical structures at the moment because the older people are in the most senior positions and they like hierarchical structures as younger generations come through are we going to see a change in the way trusts uh, laboratories are structured or are we stuck with hierarchical structures forever do you think i
2: I think there will always be a hierarchical structure because you have to have accountability. But I think how the hierarchical structure works will change. And the fact that somebody is senior, an older person might think the level of seniority and their experience gives them a right to respect. Whereas the millennials and Generation Z. Respect is earned. It's not a right because of your job title or the badge you wear. I think in some workplaces they are less hierarchical. You see a much flatter structure. Um, I don't, and it, it, you get that to an extent in the laboratory. You see various shifts of it, whether you have a lot of senior people or a smaller number. And economics will drive that as well. But I think the way the hierarchy actually operates. Um Generation Z, the most recent one and to an extent millennial, they expect to be consulted. If they're working as part of a team, the fact they might be junior doesn't mean that they think their views are or should be less important. They expect to be consulted, they expect to be involved and they they look at the environment very much as a democratic rather than an autocratic one and they don't respond well do the well it's always been done that way or you just do as i say they expect to be involved and they see the whole thing as a team although they might like working individually they they have their view and they want to be heard
0: and um, when i'm working with different people from different generations at work i've never consciously thought okay here comes a baby boomer well i i must be more deferential and you know I'm, do, do we naturally do this? Is it something where we naturally know different generations have different values so we act in a, a different way towards people? Or am I just someone who's not very good and I'm treating everyone in a way where I'm slightly annoying everyone a little bit because I'm not tailoring stuff to their experiences and their values? Probably likely. Basically, I annoy I I with Sarah. <laughs> I, think, I, mean, I, I think we
2: always irrespective of who we're talking to i think it's human nature to you know, in general to moderate our how we react to people to how we think it's easier to adapt yourself a little bit and um i think people might naturally be slightly more formal with older people but not necessarily um the thing that it boils down to at the end is respecting people, whoever they are and whatever level they're at. And I think if a new person coming in to an environment, a young person, feels that they're respected and people support them and want to help them to develop, they will respond well. And likewise, if an older person, um, people listen to them and actually respect that they've been around the block a few times and they that They will probably have been there, done it, and got the t-shirt. Sometimes it's just basic respect of what, recognizing what people can bring to the table. And Rob, I think you managed very well, actually. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, not naming any names, Sarah, but have you ever had any clashes with someone who you think it, it was because of their their values that are based on their generation? Have you had any clashes, and how have you resolved those if you have?
2: Um actually not that no i'm not aware of i have i'm very much aware when that i've i'm a person i'm quite happy to adapt to how people want me to be um so i i can deal with that so no i tend not to clash and i think it probably is because i'm happy to um respond to people in a way that they would feel most comfortable and I, and i think that's the easiest way to be. so yeah i think of avoid a clash by not being too rigid brilliant and that was uh, all generation. i know the older ones are thought of as being the more rigid ones but all generations can be rigid if everyone thinks they're right um but yeah. Yeah, take her messages don't be too rigid don't take yourself too seriously
0: that seems a very good note to end it and go on to our quick fire rounds don't take yourself too seriously <laughs> oh, nice. so, um, <laughs> I'm going to pass you over to James, who's got the first round, which is the quick fire round. Right, are you
1: ready, Sarah? Oh,
2: God, just, yeah.
1: Just quick fire, so literally, just first thing that comes into your head as long as it's clean. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite lockdown day of the week?
2: What's my favourite what?
1: Lockdown day of the week. Monday. Oh, fair enough. Good. Um, where are you getting your COVID nineteen news from?
2: BBC News website. Uh,
1: what has become your favourite lockdown meal?
2: Um, actually, <laughs> I really <laughs> like a very homely roast. Comfort oh, food.
1: Good choice. Um, what have you learnt about yourself through this period?
2: I hate homeworking.
1: Interesting. Okay, how much that is interesting? Then, how much are you missing your colleagues out of ten?
2: Eight
1: out of ten. Eight out of ten. Um, have you become more tech savvy during lockdown, i.e., meeting virtual meetings like this?
2: Massively. I, yeah. You'd never, James. You'd never think I'm a baby. Yeah, it's the same
1: well. for me. <laughs> it's the same for me, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> so this question then is interesting. Are you enjoying home working?
2: Um, I, I like it better now than I did at the beginning. I found it very stressful at the beginning because I actually like to separate home and work and seeing that laptop on the dining yeah. table sent me on a permanent guilt trip but I'm now learning how to <laughs> cut it down and put it away.
1: <laughs> and then lastly, when do you expect life to return to normal?
2: Oh, how long is a piece of string? Okay, <laughs> I, I, I,
1: not, I don't think we're going to get back to what we think of
2: as
1: normal for quite a long time. Certainly yeah. not. Yeah, fair enough. Thank you, Sarah. Pleasure. Thanks, Rob. Okay, we've got the oh, next so, Yes, so Rob, oh, sorry. So, this is Rob's uh overrated, underrated, correctly rated <laughs> round coming
0: up. Yeah, so it's quite self explanatory, Sarah. I will say something. You might have picked out from James round. We've got a rough lockdown COVID nineteen theme on these quick fire rounds today. So I'll say something, and you tell me whether you believe it's underrated, overrated, or correctly rated. Okay. And we will start off with tinned food.
2: <laughs> God, uh, correctly rated.
0: Correctly rated. DIY. <laughs>
2: underrated.
0: Underrated. Have you been doing some DIY since the start of Sarah? Or?
2: Oh, God, my house is immaculate. <laughs> uh,
0: visiting parks.
2: Correctly rated. Uh,
0: face masks. Not overrated. as in the um, cosmetic ones, as in the. Um,
2: <laughs> overrated.
0: Overrated, and why is that?
2: I think that people think that they are a protection. I think the average face mask is about as effective as tying a scarf or a sock around your face. Um, it might make you feel a bit better, and it'll stop wet sneezes going everywhere, but it's not going to stop you catching a virus. Because um, all the time you can breathe through your mask, you are breathing in air, which will carry virus passes. Yeah.
0: And social distancing?
2: Correctly rated.
0: Baking? Overrated, underrated, or correctly rated, Sarah?
2: Oh baking's wonderful um it's probably underrated i think I think it's perfect therapy for a troubled mind
0: yeah. are you a, a cake or a, a bread person or a biscuit person?
2: Um, I'm a a cake baker i like I like a cake nice. yeah I keep I promising I'll like... try bread, but I'm afraid it's the cakes at the moment yeah <laughs> uh
0: the daily news the daily news briefings.
2: Um I'm a control freak, so I think they're they're essential. Yeah, definitely correctly rated.
0: Brilliant. And finally Even if over-
2: don't tell me anything new. <laughs>
0: yeah. And the final one, overrated, underrated, or correctly rated, the phrase the new normal.
2: <laughs> oh, kill me now. Um <laughs> I think it's correctly rated actually. Yeah. We yeah, we're going to gonna have now. to live
0: with the new normal. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that is everything. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. And, Pleasure. Um, I, I believe that uh, for, for anyone who didn't see Sarah's talk at IBMS Congress last year, it's, uh, it was videoed. You can stream it on the IBMS website. So uh, we will be tweeting the link to that. So Sarah, thank you so much for your time today.
2: Pleasure. Thank you Sarah. very much.
0: Thanks for listening, we hope you enjoyed the episode, and don't forget, this can be used for your CPD.
1: See you next month for another Biopod. This is Becca
0: and
2: Rob signing signing off, off. Bye. bye!